Welcome back to Hockey the Podcast, the podcast that keeps you up to date on all things hockey in the African continent, of course with a strongly South African focus and why would it not be right now when the FIH have announced that the Indoor Hockey World Cup, the one that was cancelled from February 2022, is going to take place in 2023 in Pretoria in South Africa, the heartfelt arena it promises to be a sensational event with action-packed matches, crowds, excitement. With the help of PSI, it's going to be something special. The draw is out. We know which teams are playing, which teams are playing in which pool. And of course, who are South Africa's opponents? And tonight, joining me to chat about it will be the head coach of the SA Indoor Hockey Men, Justin Rosenberg. All of that and more on this episode of Hockey the Podcast. As always, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whatever it is, good morning, good lunch, good brunch, good whatever you want to have right now. Uh, we know we have listeners that listen to us uh, at two in the morning when they can't sleep and they need something to help them sleep. We have listeners who listen to us on their drive to work. We have listeners who, who listen, I don't know, whenever else they listen, in the bathroom, on the toilet, so, you know, wherever is your happy place, we will not judge you ever. Um, of course... I'm talking a lot of caca right now in your ears, but the reason you're joining me today is because the Indoor Hockey World Cup is coming to South Africa. That is right. You're not hearing that wrong. For the first time in the history of the Indoor Hockey World Cup, it won't be in Europe. It's the sixth tournament and it's happening here. It was the tournament that was originally meant to happen in Belgium. It was then postponed by a year. It was then, uh, we had a delayed Indoor Africa Cup. Ultimately, though, the tournament was cancelled. Belgium couldn't host hockey on that weekend because they were already hosting other hockey. We won't go into that right now, but uh, it seemed like a, a foregone conclusion that there would not be an Indoor Hockey World Cup. But instead, what we're now presented with is a 2023 tournament followed not that far away by a 2025 tournament. And of course, the 2023 one is here in South Africa. The teams were announced uh, this week by the FIH and if we jump in quickly to look at that before I bring the guest on. In the women's tournament, we have Pool A, Netherlands, Austria, Australia, United States, South Africa, and New Zealand. And in Pool B, Ukraine, Czech Republic, Namibia, Kazakhstan, Belgium, and Canada. Over in the men's tournament, Pool A, Austria, Netherlands, Belgium, Kazakhstan, Namibia, and New Zealand. And in Pool B, Iran, Czech Republic, Australia, South Africa, United States, and Argentina. 12 teams coming to join us. We're going to dive specifically into the men's draw, what it means, and of course, talking about that big, big name that's missing. Um, yeah, it, and what difference it could make. So uh, I already alluded to it at the start. The man who is the current head coach of the SA Indo Hockey Men, the Blitzstocker, uh, the Blitzstocks rather, a team who uh, have really captured the imagination over the past couple of years. Justin Rosenberg. Rosie, thank you uh, for joining Hockey the Podcast. It's been a, a long time coming. We we were going to chat and then we had tournament delays. We were going to chat and we had tournament cancellations. But now we have tournament confirmation. Yeah, thanks, Tyron. I think it is long overdue. And the most important thing, it is coming to our shores. First time ever been played outside of Europe and what better place to, to have it than back home in South Africa. Oh, absolutely. Now, many people would have said, okay, coming to South Africa, PSR, Cape Town will host, maybe it'll be Durban, UKZ in Westville, uh, maybe it'll be Joburg. Were you, you a little bit surprised that the destination is Pretoria? I think we look at the, there's three main venues I think that can host this, this spectacular. It's one is heartfelt. It's a really, really nice venue. It has the facilities. Uh, Cape Town, obviously, PSI, there's nothing bigger in the country that can host anything of that magnitude. And then, obviously, Durban as well. West. So those are the three that were top of my mind. I wasn't too surprised that it was heartfelt. I mean, there's a lot of good things coming out of the past, previous national, northern national uh, PSI tournaments about the venue. And obviously, what more better? I mean, it's back at home. It's the capital of South Africa as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, and 
you know, it's uh, a fairly cheap place to travel for the Europeans. Um, obviously, a uh, the Namibians don't have too far to travel. It's it's just a flight to Joburg and a short drive. Tons of accommodation around. Um, yeah, it, it promises to be a, a spectacle. Uh, second to none and uh, you, you've been around PSI for a few years you've been there with those all-star exhibition games the I mean I think back to the um, Cindy Hack 100th test match down at uh, at uh, the Belladrome Bel- yeah Belleville Velodrome. of course that's not available anymore that would have been a wonderful venue um, but uh, yeah I mean we've seen some special stuff already here on South African soil and this is probably going to ramp it up to another level I think, Ty, if you look at it over the last couple of years, we've hosted some really amazing FIH tournaments. We're still going to host a couple more before the Indoor World Cup. I think we've become in a go-to venue in terms of around the globe. One, we've got the facilities. Two, we've got the, the people in terms of the back office staff. And then three, I mean, what better place in South Africa? Amazing venues, amazing people and a, a great climate and great weather. Yeah, absolutely. February 5th to 11th, I mean, Beautiful at the end of summer. Of course, we don't actually know what weather we get anymore, but that is the summertime. Uh, Rosie, one of the, the challenges, though, and, and it, it is a realistic challenge, specifically on the men's side of the draw, it was also a deciding factor between one of the nations' decision, is that the Outdoor Hockey World Cup in India comp- concludes its, uh, its happenings on the 28th of January. Now, should your team make it all the way to the end and and we are one of those plenty teams that uh you know well one of the very few actually that have qualified for both that uh, utilize a lot of players across both teams how much of a challenge do you anticipate that being i think over the last year to year and a half we started having a lot more close communications with the outdoor setup around the specific scenario I remember last year the same thing happened both with AFCON and obviously the possible World Cup for Indoor happening in Belgium. It was a very similar time difference between the end of that and then obviously the start of the World Cup. And obviously we ran into a bit of trouble there because there wasn't always full planning. It was a last-minute decision for Belgium to host it and during that time. I think with more time now, we're going to have another conversation around that, specifically with the, the team management and then obviously trying to manage players. Players can't peak every single month. It's just really impossible. Um, fatigue mentally, number one, is going to play a massive role there. Fatigue two, number one, in terms of the physical um, physicalness, that's also going to play a major role. What we've also done is, in terms of coming out of the last IPT, you look at the quality of the players coming through the ranks. I mean, PSI has been a blessing, second to none. If you look at the, the setup and the DNA of the, the team and the squad at the moment, 90% of these players have played PSI, have come through the PSI ranks. I mean, without PSI, we'd be a, we'd be a decent Indonesian and we'd be able to compete. But having that as a foundation for what we, we're about to unveil in terms of our players, that has been a blessing. And I think it's really good. And to have a squad, and we've also made sure we looked after under-23s, because for me, that's the future. There's so much talent there, we don't want to lose these guys. We want to keep them in the system to say you're part of the future, you're part of the next phase of what we're trying to do for the next two World Cups and make sure that we achieve something as well then. Yeah, and it's a good point you make because <coughs> there is no RPT before the World Cup. This is it. The The squad that you have, and I know you've got a very big squad right now, but that's ultimately where your World Cup squad is coming from. Correct. I mean, our squad is made up of 48 players. I mean, the youngest player there is probably 18, schoolboy, but held his own in a very big team, uh, KZN. Uh, There's also Province Lighty that's in there. They kept their own. They were able to handle conditions and play at a high tempo at that age to play your first IPT and play in an indoor uh, facility where it's really decent. There's a really quality on on the floor. That says a lot about, one, the youngster and his maturity as an indoor player, two, what we have going forward. And that, for me, is what we need to harness. And the one thing we, we did chat about, and I said to Soha, the one thing we want to look after is that we don't have to always tap into our outdoor setup. 
we wanna, we've got so much talent that in the next 18 months to 24 months, you'll be able to just pick from a pool of indoor players that is going to be committed to a program for the next two World Cups because they're still so young. And by the time we get to that second World Cup, you'll have probably have a 25, 26-year-old with at least 45, 50 test caps, purely being just based around the indoor setup. And that's kind of where we want to get to. I mean, you, you see it. We're with the, with the likes like uh, Namibia, where we tap into both indoor and outdoor and they play both. It just takes too much on the players. We then want to get to a place where the outdoor setup is just purely focused on getting that right and achieving and getting to more semifinals. I mean, look at what they've done in the last year. And the same is going to happen with indoor. We, we've, got the, we've got the skill set. We've got the facilities. We've got the, the coaches to actually get us across that line come 2023, 25 beyond. And, and it's a good point because, like you say, 2023, 2025, uh, you know, indoor hockey, unfortunately, doesn't have uh, any really tournaments or substance other than the World Cup and its related um, qualifiers. And uh, with with FIH putting more pressure on um, hockey fives, or not, not pressure is probably not the right word, but uh, maybe it works well, pressure. Um yeah, I mean, it really need indoor hockey really needs, and, and South Africa as a as a, a deferral on that really needs a good World Cup and a big World Cup and an entertaining World Cup, uh, both now in twenty twenty three and to follow that in twenty twenty five. Absolutely, Tyron. I think not just for South Africa. I think for Africa, uh, the fact that we don't get two nations every single World Cup in is just disheartening but I think going forward if both African countries more so South Africa put in a massive effort I mean our target is to obviously achieve a top two in our pool I think it's possible regardless of the tough teams we do have I think when it comes to the players and the skill set we have and the various uh, combinations that we do have within our within our fives and, and the way we play our, our game we can achieve that and I think that being testament, just in, in terms of how we South African hockey is at the moment, because we also have to talk about South African hockey as, as a whole. The community is buzzing, both men and ladies, in terms of our achievements and in terms of what we've done and the results we've gotten from the Olympics straight now into Commonwealth and still more to come, especially even our juniors. Our juniors put in massive performance at the Junior World Cup. So the hockey community is buzzing at the moment. And we need to ride that wave and take it forward because I think the indoor setup, we even have better opportunities to actually achieve more just because of the skill set and the plays that we have. And the guys give absolutely everything. I think there's not one player, whether he comes from indoor to outdoor, that doesn't give 110%. And you know that indoor's a fast, it's a more exciting game. And I think even the crowds, I don't think the world has ever seen an indoor crowd at a PSI. And when it comes to the World Cup, I think they're going to be buzzing just purely by watching exactly the spectacle that's going to be unfolded come Feb. Oh, no, I, I mean, I can't disagree with you at all there. You know, indoor hockey is close to my heart. I played a lot of indoor hockey as a youngster with uh, Zita Tuxera and Eastern Gauteng. Of course, uh, those yes. in PSI know her very well from the Quachas. Um and it really was. We we used indoor as an off-season training for outdoor, but indoor became so big that that for a lot of us, that was almost our focus. It was a more energetic game. It was a quicker game. It was a, a, a constantly involved. I'm a defender in outdoor, and when my team was dominant, in some games I felt like I wasn't going to see the ball. Whereas in indoor, whether you were dominant or not, you were always going to see the ball. Um, and, and yeah, it's just that it really is the sevens equivalent for rugby uh for for hockey it's a it's a great form of the game on a reduced scale it's got goals galore it's got entertainment galore and uh, south africa are going to be an incredible host for this yeah no the most definitely i mean like you say it's the equivalent of sevens it's non-stop action crowd get involved non-stop it's a buzz from start to finish I don't think there's a moment, there's, no, there's never a dull moment for less than two seconds and then the next one goes, the next one goes and that's what makes it such a spectacle. The second thing is, if you look at the players that we have, so you look at the Europeans, they play a lot of structured hockey, they play a lot of pattern play. We've got a great mixture of that and flair, which is why South Africa is so good at what we do and when we play indoor. We bring that combination, we find the balance of when to do certain things, 
we've got the skill set and the players that when they've got an opportunity to have that bit of flair. I mean, you heard in the outdoor setup, they call them the racehorses, you know. But in indoor, they've just got so much flair. They've made so much time on the ball. Though the game's so quick, they just read things and just the way they receive and they move, they create more time on the ball. And you've obviously got your back three with your middleman that just sets up that, 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 that um, set play and then gives those players the time to go forward. And if you look at just the teams we're going to be playing with, I mean, who doesn't want to compete against the best in the world and see where we stand? I mean, like you said, we've only got African Cup and every now and then we got a, we get an internal series and maybe an away series against one country. And we started that competition. And I think that's why when the guys walk into the pitch, they give absolutely everything because they don't know when they're going to get their next opportunity. Have a massive World Cup, make that top four. All of a sudden... Africa, South Africa is on the Indo map again. And people are throwing, casting an eye and saying, let's have a series against, let's invite them. And that's what you want to do. And that's what the, the outdoor system do. They be, they creating opportunities going forward where you guys start getting invites to bigger tournaments, to compete in triangulars and quadrangulars overseas and also countries wanting to come. So that, that's our goal. If there's a short-term goal in terms of what we want to achieve at the World Cup, but there's a long-term goal that between the two World Cups, being able to compete more against countries in Europe, South America, as well as Asia, not just Africa, that is the long-term goal between 2023 and 2025. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a great point. But another great point, and I'm just uh, uh, opening it here on my computer, is you know th there's something that we uh, strive towards in sport. And uh, one of those things is the top 10 in the world. And... If you look at the current rankings, the, the indoor men are the highest of the four teams. The outdoor men are up to 13th now after Commonwealth Games, um, having dropped down to 16 because of Pro League. But the indoor side are yep. 11th. This is a really, really great opportunity to go and stamp our mark and, and establish ourselves as one of the top 10 nations in the world. And I think that that is our first goal from a pool phase to get through that pool phase and, and achieve a top 10. That is the initial goal. That is just for us. It's almost, since I feel like it's a, an arrogant thing. It's a bit of an aura in the buzz in the team that says, listen, yeah, we're coming out of nothing less than a top 10 from this World Cup. That's our first goal. Our second goal then in phase two of the tournament, once the pool phase is done, is to make sure we achieve the highest we've achieved possible. And that's obviously to make sure that we take it game by game. And by the end of the pool system, we want to be competing for the top two spots, which will guarantee us making at least the top 10 easily, but also then competing for medal. And, you know, in South Africans play in front of their whole crowd and they hear the national anthem before that game. And as big as the opposition is across from them, they rise to the occasion. And we saw that with the Springboks last weekend where we bombarded them for 20 minutes. You give these guys half a sniff in an indoor court, the Kasim brothers, all of those youngsters that can play the game, the game you give them half a chance, they'll bear it. And then that heart and resilience, that determination to grind through a, a win and defend with all your might, that's what we've got. We've got that great mixture of players in their setup. And, and I mean, again, if we look at the history we we've played in four of the five world cups of course in 2011 uh south africa didn't go a bit of an administrative era back then um they missed the deadline for entry for the african cup and of course namibia were the only team so namibia wins um and that was men and women but you know out of yeah. 12 teams we finished 10th 11th 11th and 11th always landing up in that last place uh, game something feels different this time around i mean it's also been five years since the last World Cup and 2015 was a tough one because they dropped it to five aside. Um, but yeah, I mean, it really is a, a golden chance for South Africa to go there and establish ourselves as a powerhouse in the sport of in the hockey. Yes, and I think if you look at the guys playing abroad, not just in the outdoor setup, there's a lot of guys playing in the indoor setup. And just the way they talk about some of our players that play abroad, and what they bring to those teams, just in terms of South African flair, the, the the way we play the game and how we read the game, the guys actually understand it, take in a lot of what they guys are talking about and respect the players, not just because who they are as characters, but just the knowledge that they have of the game. 
And those guys bring that back into the bigger setup, which is obviously the national setup. And that adds value just from a cultural point of view and just the way we play the game, which is important. Then the thing is, you look at it now, we do have an opportunity. And for us to achieve a top 10 and make sure that we're playing at least, I mean, the guys were saying last year, we were talking about it, they said, there's nothing less than top six for us. And then we looked at our pool draw we had for Belgium and we were so excited. The guys were buzzing. The messaging going across in the group created such a frenzy amongst the players that all of a sudden you could start feeling goosebumps amongst the players and this hype to stay. Let's get going. Let's show the world what South African hockey and indoor is all about and what we as a nation can do and how we can play this game against the top European and Asian and South American countries. Well, and, and let's talk about your pool if we if we look at it. In pool A, there's Austria, the defending champions, Netherlands, who missed the last tournament but won the one before that. Um, yep. So there's two. Belgium, who were runners-up in Europe uh, at the <coughs> previous edition. Uh, then Namibia, New Zealand, and Kazakhstan. You know, on paper, and, and I know we've got a lot of Namibian listeners, I expect Namibia to challenge all those teams. But on paper, you're saying Kazakhstan, Namibia, New Zealand – it's a battle for fourth place there in that pool. And then we head over to ours. Now, Iran, a fantastic team, a top four in the World Cup team. Um, they uh, uh, are Asian champions over and over again. They're a great side. Uh, Czech Republic are a team who, at the last World Cup, yeah. were pretty good, finishing fifth. But another team that we really would be setting our sights on challenging um, in the tournament we we've got australia who of course are buoyed by that fantastic run to the top 4 and um in 2018 and an incredible run it really was of course they came undone against iran in the bronze medal match ourselves the african champions usa and argentina of course uh, getting over canada in the the pan am qualifiers uh, yeah i mean if you look on paper and again i don't mean any disrespect to anybody else but Pool B is probably the pool I'd prefer to be in. No, 100%. And I was chatting to a couple of the, the Namibian boys the other night at a high-performance session uh, for outdoor, and they were like, they're also hungry. They look at the the teams they're playing against, and they're like, we can't compete. We're not going to be pushovers. And that's the kind of attitude we need to have already from now. And not look and say, yes, we're planning. That. We want to play against the best in the world. We've got the skill set. We've got the understanding. We can compete. We can defend. We can attack against this. You look at our pool, and it's a pool that we love. I mean, out of the two pools, I'd love the our pools a lot better and obviously going forward. But you look at the guys that are ranked above us, and you say, we can compete against them. We know what we're up against. We're going to obviously watch video footage, and we're going to look at it, and we're going to see how we can unpack and unfold and crack those defenses and obviously make sure we, we defend well. But this is the pool you want to be in because there's a really good chance we can crack the top two, three, at least in our pool going forward. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and you know, we saw from the Indo-Africa Cup last year, you know, I was fortunate enough to be there. Um, you know, we have a very good team and, and there's a lot of players knocking on the door just currently outside of that team. Um, of course, we did go and set a, a world record uh, victory against Botswana, but Namibia went and stole it by a goal a day later. Um, but, you know, we go and look at that and we say, listen, this is a team that has a lot of yes, a lot of vibe. But one of the things that has been a challenge, uh, Rosie, is the delays. We were meant to have this tournament in 2021 originally. Um, yeah. And then, of course, there was no time for a qualifier uh, because the qualifiers got cancelled by COVID. And so FIH said South Africa men, you qualify as previous African champions. So you got the elation of qualifying. You were offered it. And of course, at that stage, um, Ryan Hack was still the, the head coach. That's correct. Of course, subsequent to that, Ryan Hack uh, and his family immigrated to Australia. Uh, you were the assistant coach for the African Cup, which then popped up. Um, so we then had the Indo-Africa Cup. Uh, sorry, hackers were still there. The Indo-Africa Cup now popped up because now the tournaments had been postponed. Now there was enough time for qualifiers. So you, you went from a point of saying you've qualified to saying, hang on, you need to qualify. Then, then to going qualifying again. Then to say, okay, now you're going to the tournament in Belgium. Then to 
have the the current coach immigrate and a little bit of a delay over your appointment. Then it was an interim appointment. Then the tournament got cancelled. Then your interim appointment was for a tournament that didn't exist. Then all of a sudden they say, cool, we are reappointing you to the next World Cup. Not actually knowing when the next World Cup is. Your appointment became uh, ratified. But now for players, they had thought they were going on 2021. They thought they were going on 2022. The mental roller coaster is going to be a massive challenge for some of these players because mentally they were in a good place for 2021, maybe 2022 as well. You know, for some of them, they're only hearing now um, as the news wasn't publicly available as much as we wanted it to be. Um, they're only hearing now that the World Cup is happening in South Africa. And the World Cup is happening, Yeah, you know, how many players, or, or maybe not how many players, but how much of your attention, yours and Cameron's and, and your extended coaching staff, may have to be around that that element, the, the emotional and uh, mental preparation side of it? I think what, what we're going to do going forward is to ensure that when we start our high-performance program, which is going to start the next couple of weeks, is to gauge exactly where the guys are. And also from the group, you can pick up a sense that there is still a lot of hype. The guys are excited. The fact that it's in South Africa, I mean, you should see the guys ranting and raving, throwing the flag around and saying it's hometown advantage. That already has got a buzz going. And yes, there's certain players that were like, I was in, but I'm out. Where do I stand? And those are conversations we're having with a lot of players so that everybody knows their role within the bigger group and what their role is going to be going forward. Because again, you want to make sure that everybody is as focused as the guy that thinks he's going to make it and the guy that thinks he's on the fringe. Everybody must be on the same page, have the same fight to want to play. Because when you have a camp, these guys realize they're playing against some of the best players in Africa and in in the world. So that's our camp. That's the that's the hype we want to create around a camp. You're playing against some of the best players that you will possibly play against, not just in Africa, but also in the world, because we have got world-class players. We really do. And we need to play on that. Because going forward, people also, when you walk in that field, they look across and they see South Africa. They don't just go out of South Africa. They go like, yes, do you see the planets? Do you see what they go? Have you seen the brand of hockey they play? And that we create purely from the group that we have and obviously going into a high-performance setup and then obviously into a camp environment. If we continue that, I think the mindset of the guys already will take that wave because they're also on a buzz coming from the guys watching what the guys are doing uh, at Commonwealth, at the Olympics, at the Junior World Cup. The guys congratulating, sending goodwill messages all the time. There's this constant vibe and this constant hype and this constant amount of positiveness within the group. Even though it's the indoor guys, we're still passing on good messages to the other teams in the other environments so that this, there's a continuous positiveness going forward and the guys are just keep on riding, riding that way. And yes, we might pick up a few stragglers and those guys, we will obviously pull in and have conversations to make sure that one, they are mentally prepared and they understand the journey. Because again, like I said, you're in, you out. So you go up and down like a bit of a heartbeat. We want to make sure that once the guy's on the high, we, we keep it constant. We don't come back down, regardless of what's going on in the environment. You never know what can happen. I mean, Ty, you, you were in and out. Then we were going to the World Cup. Then we were going to qualifiers. It is a bit of a roller coaster. But when we did do those qualifiers, you could see the guys were prepared. They turned it on. They did the business. They competed and they performed. When we got to camps, the guys were really performing, doing really special things. And that's what I think we're going to start off on. A reminder of where we've come from and the foundations we laid then and what we're going to be building on. Because we have got really good foundations when Hack was there and David was there. And when we came through all those qualifiers and those other series, those are good foundations we laid with a core, a lot of core of this group. Because they were youngsters then, but now they're becoming the core of what the next phase of this of this team and this environment is about. And that is what's good. Because we've got now the average age of guys that are in the team between 24 and 26. And they've still got a lot of experience. They've got a couple of Afghans and a World Cup or two in them. And that for me is special because now I've seen their so-called group is, is the middle 20-year-olds. And they're still going to be around for another World Cup or so. And that is good because they can pass on that knowledge and they understand how to keep this vibe going because they've also 
been there, done that. And they were the they were the kind of the guys that started this whole PSI process way back. 14. You, I mean, I looked at some of the pictures of some of the guys in the current squad when they started PSI. Wow. You know, and how they matured and how these kids look up to them. And for me, that is something special because when you see your heroes succeeded and they're playing on the international scene, those kids are going to strive to want to do that. They're going to strive to want to train harder, be better. And again, that now becomes how do we look after that? What do we start? We need to start a high-performance program for youngsters going forward, not just in an outdoor setter, but also indoor, because we're creating that. Because some kids are like, you know what, indoor's my game, and I'm going to focus purely on that. And this is a 15-, 16-year-old telling you that. Comes to me at one day, I was went, went to go watch the indoor series, and he says, Coach, I'm just focusing on indoor. I love it so much. It's so fast. I'm better at it than outdoor. That's my focus. And if we look after that already then, you know, then we know that we're doing the right thing because then you're going to get a core of players that's purely focused on indoor and they can compete on the international stage and we don't have to double dip with outdoor and outdoor can focus because then you know you're doing the right thing within your own program back home and then you all of a sudden you get onto the global stage, the guys are competing and they're performing at their optimum. Yeah, Roseanne, I mean, obviously, as a, as a, an outdoor coach yourself, as a passionate hockey person, yep. um, you know, you're up there with the most passionate that I know in the country. Um, you know, you, you want to see, ultimately, you want to see, even as the national indoor coach, you want to see the outdoor team succeed, as you've said now, at Commonwealth Games, at Olympic Games, you know, and, you know, what, what happens if you and Gareth sit down and say... Um, you know, we need to these players to maybe choose between the two. Would it be something that uh, you both would leave up to the players to choose, uh, knowing that you both have depth in other areas? Would it be something you'd look for more of a collaborative approach, like uh, you take X and I'll take Y? I think that approach is better. You don't want to leave the decision to a player because there's a lot of guilt that lies with that. Mm. And I mean, I come from, I've come from my playing days and playing both indoor and outdoor. And I loved it both. But obviously, over time, you start favoring towards one. And you don't want to put too much pressure on that player to make a decision. What do I do? Do I make this decision or that decision? What are the repercussions? And as much as we say there's no repercussions because we want to play open cards and these guys must know that they've got our backing, we kind of don't want to leave that up to them because he, do, he might wake up and say, did I make the right decision? And you don't want that to happen. He must, we must take away all that pressure from them and just leave it up to us. And it must be our decision, something we are accountable for because we've made that decision as the two head coaches because that for us is said, okay, cool. What is your makeup? What do you need? What do I need? And how can we kind of blend the two together so that we can maximize our opportunities both and both World Cups, because that is ultimately what we might be leading up to. And the sooner we get to that conversation, we know that over time, we need to blend in our teams and work towards that ultimate goal come January for the outdoor World Cup, come Feb for the indoor World Cup. But again, take the pressure away from the player. The player needs to play. He doesn't have to worry in the back of his head when he says, oh, did I make the right decision? Am I the right environment? What am I missing out of? No. He's given absolutely 100% when he's focused and he's in that environment. And there's no doubt in his mind. And that's purely because we've taken that doubt away and we've taken ownership of the decision, okay? Because we've also had a discussion with the players, all right? And then we've gone and sat and said, okay, what is your sense of the play? And we need to also gauge that because the player can sometimes give you an indication of, you know what, I know this, I like that, I want to do both, but I don't know if I can do both. And they really, you cannot expect a player to peak at the World Cup outdoor and he's finishes on the 28th. He's now got a couple of days, he must now start again and go, hey, I'm there for indoor. It's almost impossible. You're asking too much, you know, and we need to be realistic as well. And at the end of the day, our decisions will be made possible and say, this is the right decision, not just for the player, but for both teams. And then we can work from there. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I, I mean, I absolutely love that analogy. I love, I love the fact that uh, you know you are a, a South African fan first before a South African coach, um, because ultimately that's what we all are. We all want to see the team yeah. succeed, and and all of us, when the men went and beat Scotland, when the girls banged the goals against Kenya, when the guys turned it on, 
against uh, New Zealand, all of us were <laughs> happy together. And, and those are the moments that unite. And, and you and I both know as, as hockey people that the non-hockey public took notice of yes. the, the SA hockey men and their forays at Commonwealth. And that's only good for the sport. The more eyes we get on the sport, the more marketable the sport becomes and the future opportunities grow as a result of that. I mean, I've got, I got at school, I've got uh, tennis coaches, I've got cricket coaches, I haven't got a swimming coach. He's like, did you watch the hockey yesterday? I was like, mate, you have no idea. <laughs> I've still got goosebumps about it. He's like, it was phenomenal. He was like, I was watching. And the referee, did he not, how can he get that wrong? He's got it in slow-mo. And he watched it over and over. And I could tell him that it was the wrong decision. I was like, you see, these are guys, all of a sudden, there's new eyes on the telly, which is important. And that's how we grow sport. Sport unites people, regardless. And there's no better way than watching Commonwealth and Olympics where there's a variety of sports. And then from that, people start watching all other teams. They don't just watch swimming. They don't just watch volleyball. They start watching any other South African team competing because all of a sudden you're in this buzz of supporting another South African team. And you get to look. And when you see a game like you did, when we beat those teams and those countries were so close, they felt a part of that team, like they've been watching them for years. And they're like, did you see those brothers? Did you see that? You see the keeper make so many great saves. He was like Spider-Man in the goals. When you hear people that do not play hockey or their kids or they're not coaching that sport, that is what that sport does globally. It just brings this country together. Last week in the rugby, I mean, for Sia Khaleesi to say, he's never been so high before a game from the atmosphere and the national anthem. It says a lot about how united people can be when it comes to sport and when they start watching something they're passionate about. They love, our, they love sport. They love following our country. And when we get new eyes on our teams, especially a buzz around our men's outdoor setup, it just transcends that into our indoor setup because those guys bring that wave and that hype back into this environment. They bring a new experience, regardless of whether it's outdoor, they bring some more experience in terms of what they went through and how they got through certain situations. And it just teaches and it transcends itself and it keeps passing on that that IP and that, that knowledge and that experience keeps transcending. And that's how we're going to do. You keep passing on that knowledge and that feeling of what you went through to the next player. And then he carries that thought. And only the, what he does, it just makes and creates a better vibe and a better environment going forward for both setups, both indoor and outdoor. Uh, you, you couldn't have said it better. The excitement is there. And, and obviously, there's a lot of opportunity. The men are invited to the Aslan Shah if it takes place. There's the FIH Nations Cup in Pochastrum. There's the World Cup in India. And then we have an indoor World Cup in Feb. Of course, there's a lot of hockey. And what has happened is, as a result of a lot of hockey, a devastating blow, in my opinion, to the FIH Indoor Hockey World Cup was announced with the pools, and that is that Germany will not be taking part. Germany, who are by all means and purposes the godfathers of indoor hockey, will not be at the Indoor Hockey World Cup. They are the defending women's champions. Um, they were the runners-up in the men, losing to Austria. Of course, uh, a team with such great pedigree at the tournament. I mean, if you just go look at uh, Germany's history in the yes. in the men's tournament, it's first, 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 third, second. They've walked away yeah. with a medal every time. Obviously, we can only play the teams that are there, but uh, as as a participating nation, the absence of Germany must be a little bit disappointing. I think it is. I mean, a lot of the kids even talk about it when you when you talk about certain situations in a, in, in in outdoor, and you talk about mini game situations, and you want to be like be precise and be meticulous like the Germans. It's two touch hockey, pass go go, create sudden opportunity in a small environment, and that's what they do. In the indoor setup, they create something from absolutely nothing, and they've done that meticulously over time. And when you look at the style of the brand of hockey, they've just been at the forefront of that all the time, whether it's from set plays, whether it's from short corners, or whether it's just the way they set up certain things and they attack. A lot of what people do and how they watch the stuff was around the German style of hockey. And that is exactly why, if you look at their results in the past World Cups, and that's why, it, 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 again, it is. It's, it's sad that they're not here, and I think it would be such a, such a remarkable thing for South Africans to watch the Germans 
live uh, in the in the in in the glory in terms of how they play the game, and just to see them. I mean, the Germans are a tall nation, but they get low. They move the ball pre- precisely with meticulous precision. It's just unbelievable just to watch them play and to not have them there. I mean, yeah, I was I was chatting to hackers the other day, and we were just saying it's a shame, but at the same time, like you said, Nata, you can only play what's in front of you, and that is now our focus. You know, next World Cup, they're in there. We might get them in our pool. That's an opportunity. But right now, we need to focus on the teams that are in our pool, and that is what we're going to do. And, and you know, uh, we must also say it. Um, the IOC has made an international ruling that Russia cannot partake, and so their qualification was disqualified. Of course, Germany and Russia are replaced by Australia and New Zealand, who were actual original qualifiers for 2021. Um, before withdrawing due to travel. But, uh, you know, we, we also have the fact that Poland, a team who have never finished lower than seventh have played, have not qualified. So they, no drama there, but they haven't qualified. Russia, a team who twice finished in the top five, are not there. Germany, not there. It really is uh, an open door year for, for not just South Africa, but for all the teams involved to go and uh, stake one of those claims in that top five. And, and of course, you know, if the FIH Indoor Hockey World Cup stays with its current qualification criteria, which as far as I'm aware it will do, if you finish in the top six or Namibia finishes in the top six, Africa will have a second spot in the 2025 Indoor Hockey World Cup. So, you know, there's a lot to play for. Correct. And I think when we were chatting to them uh, after the AFCON last last year, and they were like, they said to us, you know what, go gain, us, go gain Africa another spot. You guys have the team. You've got the ability. Go gain Africa another spot. They weren't saying get, gain the Namibia. They were saying gain Africa a spot. And I think that is exactly what both teams are also striving for, to give Africa another opportunity to make sure that, you know, when you go to these World Cups and you go to European tournaments, you don't have support. They support each other and they the home nations and so forth. Having a Namibian team at, when we had gone to that World Cup would have been spectacular. But now we've got them in our, we've got it here in our own backyard. And I think we can intimidate a lot of teams purely by just our support. Because, you know, South Africans are loud, they're proud. And I think this this is going to be something spectacular, spectacular, unbelievable. But like you said, the target for both teams is to get a top six, so that the next World Cup there's two spots for Africa going forward. And I think that's also an important thing. You know, there's all these little permutations in terms of how we want to unpack and how we want to unpack the the tournament from the first phase, which is the pool phase, then going into playoffs. There are so many other things that are carried with it. One is to make sure we achieve our best position in the pool, to make sure we, we get our highest position. Then you've obviously got, once you get through that qualification, what is the highest position you achieve? But in the back of all of that is Africa needs to make sure one of the teams come in the top six. I mean, that's both our goals, but I think more ultimately our goal is obviously to make sure we get into that position first. So that come 2025, there's two African spots we'll be guaranteed to go, which is even better. Then you know, You've got each other to support there, number one. And then obviously, hopefully, we'll split those balls. But it's just to have two African teams competing in the next World Cup is is something to behold. Well, I also think it offers a, a tantalizing prospect of the likes of Zimbabwe, Botswana, Malawi, uh, maybe Ghana, as we saw some uh, yes. good quality from them. And I know they are, are, are keen on indoor hockey. You know, offering... Offering them an entry into the Indo Africa Cup, and we improve that tournament as well. Um, so there really is a lot to grow from this. You know, we we've seen I was uh, part of the broadcast team now of the the FIH Junior Women's World Cup in Potchefstroom. We've seen what it means to South Africans to bring a tournament. There's no COVID restrictions, so we're going to have packed fans. We're going to have a great South African team, a team that's going to compete both the men and women. Um, offering some tantalizing prospects. It's a tournament that will have a, a, a strongly South African flavor. You feel like there will be chias all the way around. Um, you feel like things like the Vuvuzela may even make a return, hopefully not inside that small hall. Uh, it's not that small a hall, but a Vuvuzela will get quite noisy there. Maybe we'll, we'll, we'll find a better 
uh, not a better, a different equipment uh, instrument for, for the space. But I feel like we're going to bring a real South African flair to this. I think the Junior World Cup was was robbed of that opportunity by not having spectators. Um, South Africans, we love to sing. We love to dance. Uh, if you go to any PSL game or, or you join the Guijo squad at a, a Springbok game, you don't sit down. You sing, you dance, you, you, you laugh your way through the game and you enjoy the spectacle. I think that's exactly what's going to happen again. I think South Africans are going to enjoy the spectacle and... Rosie, I think you and your team are going to be a big part of that story. I think just to your first point in terms of having that second spot, it opens up the gateway for a lot more African nations to compete at AFCON. And I think that's how we're going to grow indoor in Africa. And when I chatted to a couple of the nations in the last AFCON, they are so interested to learn more for us to go and develop and understand, show the players and understand it. That will just open up more. And you saw Ghana competing at Carlos. It was, was amazing. The chances they created, the, the vibe they brought, they were like, these guys are loved by everybody. And I think that is what we're going to do at the next World Cup. They're going to be like South Africans, know how to host. They know how to bring the gears and the vibe to an event. And no matter who's going to be playing, but when the South African teams are playing, you'll know South Africa's playing. But when they're watching good hockey, you'll see and hear the crowd supporting, and they'll fall in love with a European team or another Asian team or another South American team. But what they're going to do, they're going to support sport and they're going to support hockey. But when you hear the South African team, both men and ladies walking onto that pitch, you'll understand, you'll know. Uh, you don't have to just watch, you'll know that there's a South African team playing during the World Cup. That's for sure. Of course, Rosia, there's a, a little bit of time before the World Cup, not a lot, but uh, are you able to share any any series plans or, or uh, uh, preparation plans with the listeners? What what can we expect from the Blitzstocks in the build-up to the Indo Hockey World Cup? Yeah, so we've got we've got a we've got a couple of series in the pipeline. Just obviously finalizing dates. We're looking at an internal series against Nam end of October. I'm in the chats with Kazakhstan and another Asian country to come across and play against us as well. October, November, December, and then another series uh, start of Jan. So all of those dates and those teams have been finalized. I know the guys from Asia have just finished their Asian uh, Cup which was quite spectacular. So that's why I'm waiting for them to come back to me for that. But to get different teams across here and play against them, it's going to be special. And I think building up to the World Cup, there'll be a lot of teams coming across to obviously train. And I'm in conversation with that, but also one or two of them are in our pool. So you don't want to give too much away. When no, we're playing of course, against of course. Them. Yeah. So we'll keep that and we might use our under-23 setup to compete and play against those guys. And obviously, we'll be watching with a close eye and doing lots of footage around that. But there is some stuff. And over time, I'll be able to obviously put that out in saw. We'll send out a couple of uh, uh, notices out to the public so that they can come and support us. Yeah, fortunately, I know the guy who sends them out for Saha quite well. So uh, <laughs> we, we, we will have that information for you here on uh, yeah. Hockey the Podcast. And Rosie, I, I, it's been a pleasure. You and I could chat hockey for hours. It's almost been an hour. So, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, closing thoughts, uh, you know, what, what's the message to the 48 players in the squad who are hoping to be in that final 12? You know, what, what's the message to them? I think the important thing is feed off each other, believe in what the system and what the players and what the environment is about. The culture we've created over time, be a part of it, fall in love with it because it's something special. These boys, and I, I call them boys because they call me the old man, they call me the coach, you know. And over time, these they will understand what this environment is about and be a part of it, add to it. We, we play open cards and the new guys that are in this new setup, you have a voice to be heard and respected and honoured. You're not a newbie. We want to hear what you have to add and, and just add value. Talk. We always say talk. Don't shy behind anything because when we actually get together as a group, you'll actually understand that they're like brothers. They, they might be a part in the various provinces and what makes us so unique. We come from all these different provinces. We add value. And the value you're going to add is because you're part of this group, we see something special in you. 
and that value that you're going to add going forward is what we're after because that will make us 1% better every single time we walk into that pitch. Oh, and that 1% better is what's going to take us all the way to the top six, top four. Even let's uh, go and better what Australia did because anything Australia do, we can do better. That's for sure. I hope, uh, I hope the reverse stick were listening. <laughs> Uh, Justin, yeah. it's, been a, it's been a great pleasure. Good luck to you and the team on the prep. I know it's a, a long and tough journey, but it promises to be an exciting one. And, you know, no matter what happens, history is being made and your team are going to be at the center of it. There's nothing more exciting than that. Yeah. Tyron, thank you again for your support. Thank you to your listeners. It's been unbelievable. Uh, we can't wait. So that was Justin Rosenberg, the FIH Indoor Hockey World Cup coming to South Africa, Heartfelt Arena in Pretoria, 5th to the 11th of February. It is going to be special. Umzanzi, Philip, is here. He's coming back. We haven't seen him in a while, but he's coming back, and he is going to rock the house, at least for six days. I can't wait. Uh, expect bells, expect whistles, expect everything you could imagine from a South African-hosted event, and I'm sure there will be some pop and voice and bry outside the arena as people get ready. It's a proudly South African event hosted here, and we have two proudly South African teams that are going to lead us into the battle. Thanks for listening to Hockey the Podcast. Share with your friends. Invite uh, more to listen. Uh, it costs you nothing, but uh, leave us a rating as long as it's a good one. If not, please send all complaints to info at sars.gov.za and we will respond to you never. Have a great evening, everybody, and we will chat to you soon.